I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, dailythunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Uh, before I welcome our guests, I want to make sure that you guys know about our NBA draft party. It is on June 20th. It's at the Banquet Cinema Pub in downtown Oklahoma City. We're going to have a movie theater to watch the draft in, and it's going to be amazing. And now you can go fill out your own mock draft. Go to downtodunk.com and you will have the mock draft pulled right up. All of the players are in alphabetical order, so put them in your own order just the first round. And the person that has the mock draft that's closest will win a prize package from many of our sponsors. Uh, It's going to be amazing. It's free to enter. You have to be present to win. And so we're talking probably... Over $100 easily worth of prizes. So please go check that out. Uh, fill out your mock draft and then plan to come hang out with us on June 20th. Uh, and with me this morning is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What up? Uh, there's some things up with the Thunder, huh? Yeah. Uh, I thought there we could, are. We could talk about the coaching staff. I think there's a lot of layers to... The coaching staff and the the rumored twenty first pick trade. Uh, so yesterday we found out that Darko Rakovich uh, is going to go to the Suns too with Mark Bryant, uh, and Bob Byer is going to Sacramento, uh, and Monty Williams is is kind of big for Mark Bryant and Darko because they coached with him. He knows the kind of guys that they are. I bet they paid him a lot of money, gave them extra years, uh, gave them more security. Is probably why that happened. Um, and they probably then, like Monty. Everyone likes Monty. Oh, who doesn't like Monty? He's the man. Uh, and then Bob Byer, like I, I don't know what his play is. I don't know if he's trying to get a head coaching job or like what what the deal is. But he's he has moved on. Um, what are your what are your initial thoughts when you heard? Really, I mean, we knew about Mark Bryant and Bob Byer, but then when you hear about Darko, you're like, oh, whoa, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, my first thought, of course, was about myself because um, I'm so selfish. <laughs> I was I was like, is this karma? Is this is this what I get from the basketball gods? I've spent the last like two weeks making fun of the Houston Rockets off season, <laughs> right? And while we've gotten here in a very different way, these teams are kind of in a similar place yeah. where they have these coaches who are going into the final year of their deal. It does not seem like an extension is going to happen. And in the case of Houston, they've just been getting rid of these assistant coaches and other people. And then in the case of OKC, all these assistant coaches are getting hired away, but we still end up in the same place where it's like you have this guy who could potentially be going into a lame duck season. 
we don't know. I mean, if the if the Thunder, what if they missed the playoffs or if they were out in the first round again? I think we all suspect that Billy Donovan probably wouldn't get a new deal. Yeah. So, so now you're, you're trying to br- and the same thing with the Rockets. And so you're now you're trying to bring in assistant coaches into that environment. It's weird. And so I, I blame myself. You know, obviously, this wouldn't <laughs> have happened if I just kept my mouth shut about the Rockets. <laughs> and now we're in the same place. All we need is a uh, a Tillman for Teeter rant from one of the Thunder owners. Yes, one of them, which we never see them ever <laughs> in public. No, no, isn't that so weird? I mean, it's just it's such a weird situation. Yeah, the, you're right. The Rockets and the Thunder are going to they're ending up in the same destination in a, in some ways. In some ways, not in every right. way. You know, like the they're. I think the Rockets would very much like to trade Chris Paul. I don't think the Thunder are in a position where they'd very much like to trade Russell Westbrook. Um, and that that's difficult. I think that's difficult for them. It's difficult for the franchise. You know, Russ and Paul George are not at odds where it seems as though Chris Paul and James Harden are at odds, or at least they were after game six. Uh, so... You know the Thunder don't have the same issues there, but you know when it comes to the coaching staff, like they gotta go find some guys, and they'll find guys. I mean, right now we're like, oh no, Bob Byer, no, he was such a great guy. Or like everybody when he was hired last summer was like, who's Bob Byer? You know, <laughs> so like they're yeah. gonna, there's no shortage of guys that would like to be assistant coaches in the NBA, and especially to a team that has Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Stephen Adams, like. They've had a great coaching staff for many years. And, you know, if you're the Suns, you're doing something that's really smart. And, like, those two were pretty pivotal in developing young guys. And, like, what do you need to do? You need to develop young guys. You know, Mark Bryant, like, with DeAndre Ayton makes a ton of sense. You know, he helped develop Steven Adams into the player that he is and Ennis Cantor into a better player. Uh, and Jeremy Grant into a better player. I mean, he's that's they need those guys. And the Thunder, honestly, like that's it's not a great look for them, but it's it's not devastating. Like they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Um, really, the the thing they need most is health. Yeah, although I, I will say, and I didn't realize this initially until I actually went and looked it up. Uh, but I think what was so surprising about these last two moves is how long these guys have been here. You know, we yeah. always talk about like continuity in the Thunder franchise. I didn't realize that Mark Bryant was an assistant coach when they were in Seattle mm-hmm. that fi- final year. Mm-hmm. So he's been here way longer than Billy Donovan. And the same with Darko. He he started with the 66ers back in 2012. Yep. So he's been here way longer than Billy Donovan. So you could argue that both of those guys together have shaped this current Thunder franchise more than Billy Donovan. And so then I come to the question. I brought this up on Twitter yesterday. I want you to rank these scenarios in terms of your preference. Okay. Would you rather have a new coach and a new staff brought mm. in? Mm, one okay. option. All right. Or you can try to just fill out Billy's staff for this next season um, with, with it being up in the air whether he's going to come back next summer. Or would you extend Billy this summer in the hopes that you could potentially attract a, a little better staff because – you know, the staff doesn't know if he's going to be around long term. So you could extend him and give them a little bit more security that he'll be here a while. Which of those which of those sounds most appealing to you, Andrew? For me, I'd rather just have a new coach and a new coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that makes the most sense with with the spot that they're in, especially now that they've lost all these key assistants. They're going to have to replace them, and Billy's not totally secure. Like he, they may extend him. Like they may have an extension done. Like would it surprise anybody if they have an extension done and they just haven't announced it yet? Like no, I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. Uh, but especially if you if the Thunder don't think that Billy's the long-term solution at coach, then go get somebody else. Or if there's questions even on Billy's part, like, do I even want to be here another, you know, two, three, four years? Do I want that? If that's a question in his mind, I mean, I think it makes sense to part ways and give yourself a good chance for these next two years to make a run. And you don't, I mean... Maybe Billy leaves and then you have the one year where you have Paul George and Russell and Steven, if Steven's even here, or whatever the team looks like. Like you can make a one year run if you get the right guy. Uh but you'd rather not do that. You'd rather you'd rather have more time. And right. I like Billy. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he's the right coach for this team. And maybe there's not a right coach for this team. Maybe this team is just looks better on paper than it is on the court in the playoffs. Uh, but I tend to believe more that this team just needs to get healthy and be able to stay healthy. And that's why like it, I think like looking at load management or something like that for Paul or in and Steven too, because Steve, Steven's got the end of these last two seasons and he's been like a shell of himself. And yeah. like, like why? Um, is it that he's getting beat up? He's playing too many minutes, and I, I tend to believe that that's the case. Um, maybe you even don't need to use load management, but if you get a good backup center, use them. You know, use them a lot. If you play, you know, some of the bad teams or the teams that don't have a good big, you know, play Steven 20 minutes. You know, like you can do that. You can play small ball, you can play the backup center. Don't you don't need to play Steven. 35 36 37 minutes a game you don't have to do that um so anyways i i would probably choose new coaching staff altogether yeah i mean i would like to avoid that scenario that happened with donovan even though you know it kind of worked out for the thunder outside of the fact that katie left like everything about that season was pretty successful given the scenario they were that he was in. No doubt. I mean, he was coming into a brand new team with two massive egos, like two one uh, you know a couple players that have been you know thought to be like more difficult to coach or just like more important than the coach would ever be. And he, he came in and did a really good job, got them to the Western Conference Finals. So yeah, maybe that something like that could happen again. But that's just so much pressure to put on a first year coach. Especially if you can't get the type of coach like Billy Donovan, who has this like really long history of being a head coach and being successful. Um, I I have no idea where they would go because we kind of knew the Billy Donovan thing for years. We always knew he was going to be a potential coaching target if it ever came to it. Mm -hmm. I don't really know where they would go next, like what kind of what kind of coach they would look for. Yeah, and if I were to project what's going to happen going forward, I think it's more likely that Billy sticks around long term than anything else. That's what I would guess. You're upsetting Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, Twitter. That would be my 
That would be my guess as to what what will yeah. happen. And you know the they've got some work to do, and they might be doing it under circumstances that they don't really like, as far as management, and that maybe the they may be getting a message from ownership that says, "Listen, you've been out in the first round two years in a row. It's time to slash some of this money." And that's where this uh, Shams report came from. He wrote an article. It's really just about Anthony Davis that uh, the Pelicans are now using their listening ears when it comes to trade. Like what? I, that's a. It's just kind of a weird report um, overall. Like do, were they not? entertaining any offers before today or listening to offers just like hanging up on people i don't know i'm sure that they heard offers but uh i guess it's just a way of getting it out in the public but uh but then he like wrote a bunch about different teams the hawks the celtics and like i've scrolled down i'm like oh i wonder if the thunder are on here oh there they are the thunder oh no the thunder <laughs> have had multiple conversations with various teams about using their 21st pick in a trade to reduce team salary and relieve financial pressure. That sounds terrible. You're you're right in the middle of planning your draft your draft lottery your draft party. I know. You know you're getting very excited. I'm very excited. You've, you've done all this work, all I've this done, research on all these random research. guys none yes. of us have ever heard of. And then uh, <coughs> Could go, all go up in smoke, Andrew. They might trade it, and I'm sad. Yeah. Oh no, what's happening to you? <clears throat> I don't know. My voice is going bad. Uh, yeah, it's it's not surprising. I mean, you look at their payroll, you look at what they've accomplished the last two years, and if you want to get rid of ten million plus dollars, that costs that will cost you a first round pick, and you know. It doesn't mean that they won't bring anybody back. My hope would be that they would bring somebody back that can play now. Uh, where you trade uh, the 21st pick, Andre Robertson, and maybe even Patrick Patterson, both expiring deals uh, to another team, and you bring back you know less money, you know, which would be tough for the Thunder to pull off. Um, you know, maybe you find a team that has cap space and you trade them Andre into their cap space. And then in a separate deal, you do Patterson for a player that makes five million bucks. You know, um, something yeah. something like that. Um, but it's complicated and it may just be a straight salary dump where you're just like, hey, if you'll take on <laughs> Patrick Patterson and Andre Robertson we'll give you the 21st pick. You know, like that's, that would be extremely disappointing. Um, you know, I'm sure Sam Presti would prefer to use this pick on a player and try to keep building. But at some point, like you, I mean, you, not at some point, every NBA team has to answer to their owners. Every single team does. You know, the Rockets had to do it last summer where they had to slash, you know, payroll. And the Thunder might be in position where they have to do that this summer. And I think that would not be the preferable thing for team building. But sometimes when you're running a business and the Thunder are a business, you have to do stuff like that. Yeah, once again, the karma basketball gods have <laughs> <laughs> c- 
come back at me. I've been making fun of the Houston Rockets. Oh, they have to they have to cut someone. They got to trade someone. And now it looks like we might be losing a chance at getting a draft pick. Yeah, I I, I was a little bummed out, but something uh, at Bird Rights NBA, David Brandon on Twitter, mm-hmm. he he had done this like uh, this free agency primer, salary cap primer for the off season on uh, Daily Thunder. And in the lead up to that, he was talking about how, yeah, they have this mid-level exception, but if they sign someone for that, it's the equivalent of signing someone to a max contract <laughs> with the amount of tax that would be on top of that. Yeah. And I just never heard it put that way. And after I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, they might try to cut some costs this summer. Yeah. And because because I hadn't really thought about that that much like i remember last season we were all obsessed about the money question like wow are they really going to spend this amount of money and everyone was like oh this is going to be the biggest you know tax bill in history and all that kind of stuff and going into this summer i just wasn't thinking about it and then this shams report just kind of brought me back there like oh this probably does make sense Mm -hmm. like they they probably don't want to run up this huge luxury tax bill for this team like obviously if the thunder had made the western conference finals we're probably not having this conversation maybe like maybe the owners would be a little bit more willing and we're not hearing these reports or maybe the plan was always like this is going to be a one-year thing and we'll see what happens i think the one glimmer of hope you have as a thunder fan is that the thunder were in a position last year where they had this asset in carmelo anthony that we didn't think we were going to get anything for right and Sam turned it into something. So mm-hmm. that makes me hopeful that this won't end up being just a salary dump, that that Sam's only going to trade this pick if it ends up with them getting back something of value, mm-hmm. even if it might not seem like, you know, great value initially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sam will be creative. Sam has rarely, you know, let some let something happen just for money reasons, you know. Like, he's always bringing back an asset. You know, the Thunder traded a pick and salary dumped Irsan Ilyasova and then brought back Jeremy Grant, you know. I mean, they're they're always trying to do something. They're not just going to... I mean, I would be very surprised if it was just a straight salary dump. And, I mean, the guys... I guess we can run through the guys that make sense. I've already named Andre and Patrick Patterson. I think those guys make the most sense. Um, just because they don't have, they only have a year left on their deal, and they're just taking you take on ten point seven million dollars of Andre's contract, and you know you get the pick to take that on, you know, um, and they know the Thunder have done stuff like that in the past, where whenever they were in position, they had you know salary cap flexibility and they could take on players, you know, they they took on Eric Maynard, um, they took Matt Harpring's contract to get Eric Maynor, you know, teams, this is the Thunder are just in that position now where they may have to do that. And so, um, but yeah, probably Andre and Patterson are the two biggest candidates. Like you, I guess you'd consider Dennis Schroeder as a guy. Um, but he's got two years left on his deal at 15.5 million in both for both years, uh, which makes it kind of difficult. Um, to trade him with the two years left. But um, those are the guys that you'd look at. And as far as like teams that they trade to, um, I'm not exactly sure. Do you know all the teams that have cap space this summer? I know, I know like the, Haw- just, the Hawks do, but the Hawks aren't going to, 
they're not going to do a deal because they already have a ton of first-round picks anyways. They got like five or six picks. They don't need more picks. Yeah, I was just looking at that. I, I think the – so you're kind of looking for teams that have room and you don't really expect to be make a big free agency splash. Yeah. Um, so that would that would be like the Kings. Yeah. And, I mean, the other teams like – Dallas, you think Dallas is probably going to make a pretty big run at some free agents? Yeah, they're plus they have Porzingis. Uh, you have the Pacers. Um, the Sixers are not there. The Clippers are probably not an option. No. Brooklyn is probably not an option. Nope. Knicks are probably not an option. Definitely not. Like there's not a there's not a ton of teams that just have kind of this like dead cap space where they could absorb some of these contracts. Um. Yeah, this might be tough. Maybe Phoenix. <laughs> Maybe Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Anyone? Yeah. Maybe Phoenix. I wonder if you could get Bielitsa back from the Kings. If you dealt them Andre Robertson, Patrick Patterson, the 21st pick for Nemanja Bielitsa. Yeah, because the, the Kings don't have their pick this year. Right. So that's something you can entice them with. I will tell you, as a slight preview of Reddit Roundup, uh, I was looking at some Kings fans' opinion on this uh, Sham Sarania report. Yeah. And they were all just like, oh, yeah, we'd take Steven Adams. But, like, dead serious as, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they want to get rid of that money. But they, they were being dead serious. Like, that's how they viewed Steven Adams. Like, they would take that salary dump. Take oh sheesh, yeah. I I was even trying to think of like what a Stephen Adams trade would look like. Um, man, the trade machine is a mess right now. I'll tell you that on ESPN.com. There are three <laughs> it guys. It's it works fine, but there are three guys on the uh, on the Kings. One named Cody Dempsey, one named Cody Demps, and another named Cody Demps. All on on the Kings team. I don't know what's going on. Like, what's going on here? How embarrassed. ESPN. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, Beelis is like the only guy that makes, he makes 6.5 million. And like, that's a guy that they would probably be like, that's fine. Like, he's not a part of our long-term plans. Like, they're not trading Bone Dong, Bagley, Darren Fox, and then like the guys that are, have even less, like, but he healed no way. Uh, Yogi Farrell, sure, but you don't want anything to do with that. Harry Giles, uh, it's just very strange. Oh, are you there? Yeah, it, it'll be a. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it'll be a tough deal to make. Um, but obviously, teams. So clearly, he has a lot of targets. Yeah. Um, so I'm just hoping something happens. And the good thing is we're going to find out quickly. Like this isn't going to go into July because if he's going to trade that pick, obviously the team trading for it is going to want to make that selection. So it's going to happen on draft night. Yeah, within the next two weeks, we'll know. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, a deal that you, I mean, what if you did 21 and Dennis Schroeder for TJ Warren? Yeah, that was the other one I was looking at. So in that case, you're taking back a lot more long-term money. 
Yeah. Um, because his deal runs through the 2021-22 season. Right. Um, maxing out at like $12.6 million in that final season. Mm-hmm. So you're, commi- you're still committing to a lot of money in terms of the tax, but you're getting back a very usable player. So I would enjoy like that would be the kind of deal that makes sense to me. Yeah. But if they're really trying to relieve financial pressure, I don't know if that's enough to do it. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if you could include Patterson in the deal, because that may that actually might make sense to do Patterson and Schroeder, and then the Thunder can save eight nine million dollars on their payroll this next year, and and the twenty first pick. Because it costs about $10 million for a pick. And so in that in this circumstance, the Thunder would be, it's like Schroeder for TJ Warren and $10 million for our first round pick. You yeah. Know? And that would make sense for both teams, I feel like. The, the Phoenix Suns get a chance at another young guy. Uh, the Thunder get back a player in TJ Warren. Um, that can play off the bench. He can play next to to Paul. He can. He's shot the ball really well. He can score off the bench. He's probably your sixth man. You know, um, that can close in some lineups. I think he's an interesting player. Um, and because he does have long term money, his his deal goes one year longer than Schroeder's. You could say like because of that. You know, like that trade is we have to call that a wash, and then. You can pay us for our first round pick. Um, and that's it, and like you said, that's a deal that I think you'd be happy with. And also, like if you're the Phoenix, like TJ Warren's good, like he's a good player, but do you want him taking shots from DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges and who, whoever they get with their pick this year? Like honestly, like I don't, I wouldn't want TJ Warren on that team, you know, and. You know, you get you get Dennis Schroeder, who's not the best pure point guard, but he's a lot better than anything else they have, and he can be you know setting up DeAndre Ayton and whatnot. So I, I think that's a deal that makes sense for both. That helps the Thunder save a ton in luxury tax, and you get back a useful player. So, so does this put a damper on your uh, on your off season, Andrew? Um, I mean, it's. It depends on what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on on what if that deal happened, I think that you'd have to be excited because it's a win now move. You still have to go find a backup point guard. Um but you can find a backup point guard. I can't believe Jeremy Grant makes less than TJ Warren. It's a pretty good deal they it's signed a, with Jeremy Grant. <laughs> it's a really good deal. Yeah. Do you think he'll probably he'll probably opt out actually? No question he's gonna opt out. No question. That's another thing that they're going to have to prepare for. Like they're going to have to pay Jeremy yeah. Grant again. And that's next summer. Wow. It's next summer. They're going to have to pay Jeremy Grant again. Oh, and they can extend. Boy, and that, that's where an extension could come into play. And maybe if you do want to save $10, 10 million bucks, you use you know, a large portion of that to extend Jeremy Grant for the next year. You know? Yeah. That's, that's a possibility. So, yeah, the Thunder are in a tough spot. And... Fight, like they just need to they need to be healthy and I've I said that earlier but that's to me that should be priority number one and they've done their surgeries for the off season 
That's great. But they've got to figure something out during the season. And they've got to figure out a way. Uh, I was on the radio yesterday, and the host, uh, Gideon Hamilton, was talking about, like, the Thunder were behind in, like, 47 of their games. You know, like behind, like, 10-plus points. Right. Like, you when you have this roster, you can't do that. <laughs> you know, they were constantly playing from behind. Like, the entire season, it felt like they would get, you know, down by 10, 15 points and then have to claw their way back in by the fourth quarter. And that's where you get these large minute totals for Russell and Paul and Steven. And, like, they can't do that. You can't start so poorly. And... You know, if they're able to keep Andre throughout this whole thing and Dre can come back, I think that he'll, he will, and, and he's healthy, which is another big if, like he's a guy that can really help. Like I think he can really, really help. I think people just forget that he was in, in the 2017 playoffs, he was the second best player on the team, <laughs> you know, and then the next year he was an, MV, he was a, a defensive player of the year candidate. Until he went down. Like, he's a very, very important player to this team. And you're not betting on him coming back and being 100%. I don't think you could or should do that. But you also have to keep in mind that if that does happen, like, that's an incredibly important piece. I know he can't shoot. I know it. I've seen it. I know it. But he's incredibly important to this team winning and establishing their identity. You know, like if you look like the Thunder identity, like they want to play fast and they want to play really good defense. And that like is Andre Robertson. Like the guy, you know, helped them achieve that um at a high level. And so they they I think honestly they really need that guy if they're going to make any sort of big run in this next season. And so it it sucks that his contract is like the most convenient to trade because it is worth $10 million. It's expiring and they may end up trading him, but if they don't and they keep him and he's healthy, like I think people forget how important he is. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm actually, I keep going back to this Steven Adams deal and what, what even a Steven Adams deal would look like. Um, I keep looking back over the Kings roster because yeah. the the Kings are reported again preview of Reddit Roundup, but they're reported to be shopping for a center. That's like yeah. going to be one of their priorities in free agency. Mm-hmm. How much like, cap would, space do they have this summer? Uh, they have a lot. They only have sixty nine million guaranteed, and that's with Willie Cauley Stein, who they think well. Then they have Harrison Barnes, but anyways, because Harrison Barnes is probably going to opt into that twenty five million. Yeah, would you do Andrew? Steven Adams in the Oof. 21st pick oh. for Bielitsa and the Bone Dog. No. You wouldn't. No. No. But, but then oh. we could talk about the Bone Dog regularly. Yeah. He's, like every I pod. Like, I like him, but like if you're trying. You've got to get more if you're trading Steven Adams. Like you just have to. And I know that centers aren't worth a lot. Um, and that's probably why you, they just don't trade him this summer. Yeah, you know? it's it's just his his contract. When you look over that the team's payroll, there just aren't that many guys on this team <laughs> with uh, with like money guaranteed with guaranteed money. I know, and he has such a big hit. 
It's a big hit. It's a big one. Uh, it, 2016 screwed the Thunder in multiple ways. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. In multiple, so, multiple ways. So in your opinion, trading out a first-round pick, we should think of it like it's $10 million? Yeah, I think that's kind of like the going rate for okay. for our first-round pick is about $10 million bucks. Hmm. All right. That's, that's what the Thunder should expect to be able to save. Right. Um, so. So in other words, like just if you did a salary dump for Robertson and the 21st pick, that's kind of like fair. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think so. I think that's, <sighs> All right. It's fair. Well, hey, Not at a, least we might have a trade on the horizon. There will be a break, trade. They, we can break down. They will make a trade, whether it's the 21st pick or not. Like they'll make a trade. Um, all right, you want to get into some uh, news and notes from around the league? Let's do it. Uh, so we're just going to kind of do a lightning round of a bunch of just different rumors and stories that have come out in the last few days, uh, just to get Andrew's thoughts on them and my thoughts. First one is that just yesterday, Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, and I think Rick Buecher as well, all reported that they think that Kyrie Irving is going to Brooklyn, either going to Brooklyn or is deciding between Brooklyn and the Lakers in the case of Rick Buecher's report. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was somewhat new information. I think we had all heard about the Nets being a possibility, but I, I think we had all kind of assumed that the Knicks were the front runner. Yeah. So for them to not even be included makes me wonder about the whole KD Kyrie thing. Like, was that ever really a thing or we did we just make that up? Um, I mean, it still could be a thing. It could know. be. It but I totally get why he would go to Brooklyn or why he would choose Brooklyn over the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, who, and who's to say that Kevin won't try to choose Brooklyn over Yeah, the they would Yeah, ha- they would have to get rid of uh, Crab to get that second max spot. They would, you would, if you knew that you were getting Kevin... You would whoever you picked with their like the seventeenth pick, whatever they, whatever they have, you attach that to Alan Crab and say bye bye. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you make it work. If Kevin says I want to be a Brooklyn Net, <laughs> you make it work. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I, it June fifth. There's a lot of bad information out there. There's a lot of bad information out there. and But we have the most reliable of reporters telling us this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith. Right. Cowherd said that he was 75% sure, which is such a weird number to put on it. I mean, you just have to remember, at this time last year, the intel about Paul George that was out there. Like you go rewind. Go yeah, take Rosillo. A look at Brian Rosillo said that Paul George is gone. You know, he has good intel that Paul George is gone. That just wasn't the case. It was never the case. I mean, they were they were planning right now. They were planning the party for her, for him to come back. I mean, that was just bad information. And there's, it's between now and July first. There's going to be a ton of bad intel on all these guys, on Kawhi, on uh, KD, on everybody. So I I would take it with a grain of salt. Uh, and kind of kind of works alongside of this, but Shams reported that there are four teams expected to show interest in D'Angelo Russell outside of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. 
So the Magic, which we all kind of assumed, but then yeah. the Wolves, Pacers, and Jazz. Yeah. So those are, the Wolves especially were an interesting team to be brought up because obviously they have a new GM coming out, coming from like the Houston Daryl Morey system. I'm mm-hmm. fascinated with what the Wolves are going to do this summer. Um, the Jazz is a weird one. Like, would you want so, to pair him and Donovan Mitchell? Like, I don't, I don't think I would, but maybe you do. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to pair him and Donovan Mitchell. I don't think I'd want to pair him and Kyrie in yeah, Brooklyn. I know. And what do you? Th- I don't even know if I want to pair him and Oladipo in Indiana. Like, it, it makes a little bit more sense, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like him in Minnesota. <laughs> do he, Do you? Yeah, actually, I I really like him with the Magic because yeah they. The rest of the roster would be so willing to just let him do everything. It's like, oh, please take these shots. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Gordon's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I know. So, obviously, that would probably be the best fit. Um, I, I agree. Except for you got your guy faults there, man. Man, somebody tweeted out the other day, like a tweet from back when the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes was going on about how Fultz was considered untouchable in any Kawhi deal. Right. Like that was only that was only a year ago. Oh, can you imagine? That was last summer. And and we accepted it. We were like, oh well, I get it. <laughs> Man. Less than twelve months ago. It's it's crazy. It's it's so crazy. You know what else is crazy? Oh the, uh, f- uh some food? Nope. Uh nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, how awesome physical therapy and balance centers are. That's it's crazy. Uh, every time I mention it, someone's like, "I feel like I've drove by there." Is this just a place for old people? Uh, the answer is no. It's just a place for people that want to feel better. So if you're recovering from an accident, a surgery, if medicine is not the avenue that you would like to take to relieve your pain, uh, go grab a consultation at Physical. That's F Y Z I C A L. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, gain strength and endurance at physical therapy and balance centers, they have a variety of different specialists. So every person's program, every person's treatment is unique. So just stop in. You can find out more. Give them a call at 405-489-09 or go to their website, physical.com backslash Oklahoma dash city. So please uh, support the people that support Down to Dunk. And go visit physical therapy and balance centers. Um, okay, so a few more. So kind of leading off of the D'Angelo Russell idea with him potentially going to the Jazz or being a target of the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Ricky Rubio has reported that Jazz let him know that he is not a priority, which is so sad. That is so sad. Oh, Ricky he seems a, like such a nice guy. He's such a sweet guy. Remember how nice he was when <laughs> Westbrook was just like targeting him and was so angry about him and then they would ask Ricky about it after the game he'd be like, "Huh, yeah. He's a he's a good player. He's just playing hard. He's very competitive." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's the best. He was awesome. Like I, I loved listening to Ricky Rubio talk. Um, that was so also it, one of my favorite press conference moments is Barry Trammell asked Ricky this question at the end of the press conference that didn't really make a lot of sense. And then Ricky and them walk out and he leans over to me and goes, I didn't really have a question for him. I just wanted to hear him talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where what kind of money he gets and and where he goes this summer. No, I have no Um, clue. Like, is he a 
full mid-level guy? I don't know. I don't know. Like, who's going to pay him? And then for the Jazz, like, they must feel pretty confident that they're getting one of these other guys. We've obviously heard them be linked to Mike Conley. Um, Yeah, what do they have to trade now, though? Well, they still have their... uh, Who's their... Derek Favors. Derek Favors, Yeah, but he... Yeah, he can opt out of that contract. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, In that case, I don't know. I mean, like, you looked up and down their roster. Uh, You like Grayson Allen? You know? You like uh, George Yang? You like Royce O'Neal? Like, I like Royce O'Neal. But, like, that's not a trade for Mike Conley. No, on the other hand, there, there are supposed to be a lot of free agent point guards this summer, right? Um, that's, I, I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing it up. That sounds, that sounds right. I don't know. Well, a lot of them are the big names like Kyrie, Kemba, Daniel right. Russell, who we mentioned, well, I, Malcolm, I, Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Brogdon's interesting for them. I think that they're going to take a, a shot at Kemba. Yeah. Okay. That'd be interesting. But it, uh, it seems like Kemba's going to stay though. If they offer him the super max, he's like, you just, you just have to take it. Are you confident enough? Um, well, let's let's see here. What about what about Patrick Beverly? Yeah, I mean he makes sense next to next to Donovan Mitchell for sure. He yeah, can are you a corner three? Are you confident defend. enough in Mitchell's playmaking ability to bring in Patrick Beverly? I would want to develop it personally. Um, I I think so. Yeah. I think if you have him, and I think you just need a shooting four. I just don't think that you could. I don't the the favors go bare lineup. I mean, like I just don't think you can do that anymore. Yeah. Um, I actually think it's a team option on Derek Favors. Now that I think about it, I need to go look that up. Um, hey, if you have a team option on a guy, yeah. can you trade him and then the other team decline that option, or do you no, have to? Dis- he has oh. to decide. Well, that would have been cool, though, right? Yeah, that would have been cool for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. See ya. Um, Favors is good too. I just I don't know what to I don't know what to do with him. Like if he became a free agent, like what does Derek Favors make on the open market? Eight mil, nine yeah. mil. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a 2016 deal? Um, I no, remember. I I remember he got extended. Oh. Well, maybe he was then. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's okay. Um, <laughs> okay, do you want another rumor? I have a couple more. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Stein reported that as one source with knowledge of the team's thinking said, they, meaning the Houston Rockets, are operating under the belief that at least one of their three mainstays, Capella, Gordon, or Tucker, will not be a Rocket next season. I just thought that – I mean, like, we know this. We know this, like – Woj had the reporting that every everyone's on the table. I feel like everyone immediately went to Chris Paul or Clint Capella mm-hmm. as being the one who's going to leave. The fact that Tucker's name was even mentioned, I think, is kind of interesting. Obviously, he's 34, but he's on a super cheap deal. And then with Eric Gordon, he's going to be an expiring next season. He was massive for them in terms of his value. So the, I, it's just hard for me to envision them getting back someone better for a lot of these guys yeah uh, it's here's what i don't get 
why are they doing this now? Like, if I mean, I think that everyone believes that they're the second best team in the Western Conference next to the Warriors. If Kevin leaves and you can get some role players around that group, uh, why, why are you doing this now? You know, it's true. Like, I feel like I'm always the person on the side of blowing up a team. Yeah. Like, just Asian of chaos. Let's just get to it, blow everything up. But if there was an instance when I would say run it back, it would seem like this year's version of the Houston Rockets, who honestly just like caught some bad breaks throughout the year. Yeah. Like, why not just run it back one more time? Yeah. I mean, if you could go, if you could get your, get Wes Matthews or somebody like that. And add him to the team. Why are you blowing that? Like, what are you doing? Like, you, like, what, wh- whoever, whatever you do, whatever deal you do for Chris Paul might help you save some money. It might help you have flexibility moving forward, but you're not getting back a better player. Like, there's just no chance of that in my mind that you're getting back a better player than what Chris yeah. Paul is. Like, you just can't do that. And then, you may get back a player that's more available, and that's not going to be as injury prone, sure. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like I'd rather have Chris Paul, uh, Clint Capella, like is is the same, you know, circumstance as Stephen Adams. Like, who, who needs a center? There's not many teams that need a center. You know, Sacramento. Do you want to do that deal for Bogdanovich? Like, they'd probably do that. Uh, but does that make you better? I don't think so. Like Clint Capella is good. <laughs> like he's a good player. He's better than Bogdanovich is. Like don't like. And then PJ Tucker, like you're dealing PJ Tucker to a team to do what? Like all these all these trades that could happen. Like you could get younger. You know, like maybe they want to get younger and then build for what? Like your superstar's thirty. You know, like what are you doing? Like I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't know why. Like. I don't think there's anything that's that wrong with the team that they have. Yeah, me, me too. Like, I, I get, but I love that I they're get doing the- this. Like, I love that <laughs> that things are being brought up. That everybody's name is being drugged through the mud. Like, I absolutely love it. But from a Rockets standpoint, if I were a Rockets fan, I'd just be like, well, why? Well, why? Like, think we things were just fine. Like, we took the Warriors to six, and like that was disappointing. Sure, like we want to beat them, but like we could beat them next year. Like we could beat them without Kevin. You know. If we had a full series without Kevin, I think they could beat him. Um, but you know, whatever. Like, go ahead, you know, screw up your team. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by what they decide to do because obviously we both get that they had a really disappointing postseason compared to how we were thinking about them coming into the season last year. Um, but I think the Chris Paul thing just complicates everything. Like, like you said, if they are trying to get younger, Chris Paul just kind of complicates that. Like, you would have to get rid of him. And if you get rid of him, and then you're moving one of these other guys to get younger, all of a sudden you've created a much different team around James Harden. Right. And I don't think that's what they really want either. I mean, all Tillman Fertitta talked about after that game six was how, like, basically it's championship or bust, and we have to get a ring for James while he's here in his prime. So they're clearly wanting to compete as they have, mm-hmm. but they they think they need to go about it in some different way. And we haven't even mentioned the coach stuff with Dan Tony. So, yeah, I'm just fascinated. Just the fact that they are even considering Gordon and Tucker, which maybe they would, they're only throwing out those names because if they traded for like a high end star, those players would obviously have to be included. Sure. So, so maybe it's just something like that. But like they were trying to get Jimmy Butler. 
right. you know, at the beginning of the season with those guys and like six first round picks or whatever they were <laughs> yeah. trying to trade. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who that would be because like there was like that window of opportunity where like Jimmy Butler was available and you know Paul George was available and all these guys are available and you know they got Chris Paul but then they kind of struck out on everybody else. And so, like, you just, you wonder, you know, what, what they could even do with those guys. Like, they're both a year older, you know, and, like, those guys aren't going to play in the league for, you know, five or six more years. Like, I don't, I would not, I'd be surprised if they did, you know. Like, those guys are in their 30s. They're not going to, those guys aren't going to play forever. And so, I think it's hard to get value back for those. Those are the guys you're trying to acquire. You know, like, if you're the Thunder, like, can we get, like, a veteran shooting guard that yeah. can score? Oh, that's Eric Gordon. Oh, they already have it. Oh, cool. Can we get a four that's versatile enough to play the five that can hit a corner three? Oh, they—that's what they. Oh, they have that. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, you got the guys. It's just—it's just weird. It's just super weird. And they really—if they want to shake it up, great. I just don't think you can get fair value back, unless unless they go get their savior, Alonzo. Dude, if you were thinking about like what was the biggest issue with the Rockets this season, yeah. I don't really feel like it was their core guys. It was the fact that their offseason last year, all of those guys they signed ended up being busts. Right. Like whether it was Carmelo or MCW or James Ennis. Like, oh, none of none of oh, those guys man. worked out. Who could have called such a scenario where <laughs> all those three guys didn't work out? Like they just screwed up. But like good on so, Daryl Morey for correcting it. And going to get guys that actually fit. And they got lucky that Austin Rivers was just out there for nothing. Even Kenneth Farid at the time, who helped really fill a gap for a little while. And he was obviously unplayable come playoff time, which is also an easy prediction to make. But still, like, they wouldn't have found guys that work. And now they can, like, they're not going to screw around this. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be screwing around this summer. They should just be going and finding guys like Resign Austin Rivers. Bring back another couple guys that are like that, that are like low usage, will play hard for you, um, and you'll be fine, you know? And it's not like they're way capped out like the Thunder. Like, they have a lot more flexibility than the Thunder. Yeah. And who would have thought that, like, okay, let's, like, scenario. The the Rockets, you know, beat the Jazz in the first round. Jazz are a good team. Like, you beat the Jazz in the first round, that's success that you had. And then you take the Warriors to six games. Great. Uh, the Thunder flame out in five games to the ideal playoff opponent. And then tell me which team is going to chaotically, you know, tear their team apart publicly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. And you would never think the Thunder would do that anyways. You know, the, that's not how the Thunder operate. But it's just funny. Like, and they have, you know, James Harden will, will be second in MVP if not win it. You know, like, what? what's the problem? <laughs> to me, like, what's the problem here? I mean, it would be kind of like the Bucks just being like, yeah, we're just going to have to just throw all this stuff away. Like, it just didn't go like we thought it would, you know? Yeah. Um, or the Sixers, like, just be like, we got to blow this up. Like, that, did, that just didn't work. I'm sorry, like, it kind of did. Because honestly, if the Rockets came back next season and let's say made the finals, like that would be a classic NBA story. Like this, this is what happens to teams where they just like hit their head against the wall in the playoffs year after year after year, and then they finally break through. Yeah. Like we've seen that time and time again. That's why you don't do this. Like this is why you don't make moves like this. Because 
the Warriors are the exception to every rule ever created by an NBA team. And you, you, when you compete against that and you measure yourself against that, like no one was ever going to reach it. Like as long as they're healthy, no one was ever going to reach it. And Toronto may beat them in the finals because everybody but Steph Curry and Draymond Green is hurt. You know, but it takes that. Like it takes Kevin being out. It takes an injury to Clay Thompson. It takes Kevon Looney being out. It takes all those things to finally get to where we're like, okay, we're on, we're finally on level playing ground here. You know, it's crazy. It's not something to measure yourself against. It's not even something like you want, you can aspire to it. Cool. But like, you, I'm sorry, that's just not, it'd be like me aspiring to be as tall as Yao Ming and like every day wake up and like really try to get taller. Like, I'm sorry, you can't get there. Like, it's not going to happen. Hmm. Not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, Derek Favors' contract is non-guaranteed for next year. It becomes Ooh. guaranteed on July 6th. Oh, okay. So, so he, he does kind of have one of those like J.R. Smith type contracts. It yes, sounds like. he does. Okay. And so, but they have to, they have to, guarantee it probably to to be able to trade him uh do you have time for one more news story oh yeah uh well quickly the lakers hired lionel hollins as an assistant coach yeah (laughs) which is just funny because now they have like vogel hollins and jason kidd who by the way is the highest paid assistant coach in the league (sighs) it just seems so combustible god there's such a mess oh it's just not good there's no like it i get like if you were to define Lakers leadership, it's like there's no hierarchy. Like it doesn't exist, you know. It's weird because like they're chaos. hiring all these guys who your team, like if you were a fan of a team in like 2015, you would have been like pretty psyched for any of these guys to be your head coach. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now they've all kind of like fallen from grace a little bit. And then you're just bringing them all back. I know. It's, seeing what happens. It's so weird. And maybe that'll be good for for them. I don't know. I I like all these stories. Come, like I just I would love to be a fly on the wall with with the bronze camp throughout this whole thing. You know, like what like what is their mindset behind all of this? You know, like who are they? Like are they? They're probably. I mean, Jimmy Butler's probably going back to the Sixers. You know, that all indications say they're going to try to keep him. Like Kyrie's, I would be floored if Kyrie went there. Like it, and maybe it's just weird enough for it to happen because Kyrie is so weird. Like maybe that's weird enough for it to happen. But Kevin's not going to be a Laker. Like who's who's going to go to the Lakers? You know. Like I just after all these stories, and you know the players have more intel and all this stuff than any anybody does. You know they. You know, Baxter Holmes obviously has a ton of more intel, you know, than what he put in that story, which is crazy because that story took me five days to read it. Um, but man, like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't know what the Lakers do moving forward. And then I didn't even write this down, but another thing that came out in the last few days was Bill Plaschke, who's a relatively well known reporter out of Los Angeles. Uh, talked about how the Lakers could reportedly risk losing LeBron James if they whiff on free agency and trades this summer. Which I don't really know what to think about that. What does that mean? He's got he's got two, two more years after this year. Yeah, exactly. Although we have certainly seen from his camp 
that they are more than willing to like, like publicly demand a trade. So yeah. I guess that is where it could end. Um, <laughs> that's that's what it could lead to. Oh, boy. But he imagine? also just he said this on like a, a show. So yeah. who knows? I, I, I don't know if this is like sourced information or if he was just talking. Yeah. I mean, you would think let's let's say they they strike out in free agency. They don't make the Chris Paul deal, which they should not do that. Like, don't don't do that. And then like Lonzo's okay. And Brandon Ingram, you know, his health is not okay. And then, like, Kyle Kuzma is the second best player on your team. And you're fighting for the eighth seed. And LeBron is not going to play 82 games. He's going to play, like, 60 games. Uh, And you miss the playoffs again. Like, what do you do? Because the West isn't going to get easier, you know. Like, the West is not going to get easier next year. I know the Warriors are not going to be as strong, but that doesn't mean the West is going to be easier. Like you still, like you have these up and coming teams coming, you know, fighting for the AC too. You know, like Sacramento is going to be better. You know, and Dallas, like, what is Dallas going to be? What if Dallas gets Kemba Walker? What does what does that team look like? What do they do? Yeah, you know, Minnesota would like to be good. Uh, the Clippers are probably going to end up being better in some capacity. I mean, what do you do? And then, like, also the question of, like, who gets Anthony Davis? You know, where does he go? Does he go in the West? Does he go East? Like, who knows? That it's, you're you're not guaranteed anything. And, yeah, I mean, I think that maybe he, he, he may have source information or he may just be like, if they missed the playoffs two years in a row with LeBron, like, LeBron's not going to hang around, you know, you know, wait around for that messed up franchise to you know, get things together. Like he's got to go protect his legacy at that point. Like if you're LeBron and you sign with the Lakers and you miss the playoffs the rest of your career, like that's not okay. Like yeah. He, like you demand a trade and some someone will trade for him. And at that point he's like 37, like 36, 37. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it would, it would just be a really sad way for his career to end if it's just this really – like drama filled last few seasons in LA. And I don't think he wants his career to end that way. So it has to, something has to happen. I blame Brian Windhorst for making everybody think that Jeannie Buss was a really smart executive. I, I am still sticking with my prediction that they trade Lonzo to the Suns for number six. And then they trade those picks to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. I still think that's going to happen. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, all right, last one, Andrew. Last night we had a big game winner. Did you watch the media basketball games? <laughs> I, I didn't, but I saw the uh, I, I saw a clip this morning. Yes, Lee Ellis from the yes. starters hit the game winner. By the way, who was his defender, Andrew? Do you know? No, I don't. Nate Duncan. Yes. Not only that, but so they I guess they went to overtime and they had a sudden death. I did not watch this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they. They had a sudden death. So first basket won, but they started with a tip, and it was Lee versus Nate Duncan. Lee won the tip. Yes. Okay. And then Nate Duncan was guarding him out at the three-point line. Lee Ellis passes it inside, and then guess what? Nate Duncan gets lazy on defense. He wasn't paying attention. He drifted, Andrew. No. He drifted away. He wasn't paying attention. Lee Ellis snuck to the corner. They passed it back to him. Swish. Game over. This is like a your classic good triumphing over evil. Uh yes. 
It's that's amazing. This is this is great. This is Aladdin defeating Jafar. This is this is Simba defeating his uncle Scar. This is this is awesome. It was very exciting. So shout out to Lee. He's a very shout- easy person to root for. Very easy, <laughs> as opposed to other people. <laughs> as opposed to other people named Nate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, if you if you are also somebody that does does not particularly enjoy Dunkton, and that's okay. Like if you like them, great. Like they they provide a ton of information. They do. They honestly do a really good job. But if you do not enjoy them, you should go listen to Roundball Rock. Um, they did a podcast previewing the the NBA Finals, pretending to be Nate Duncan and Danny Larue, um, and it's pretty hilarious. So check out Roundball Rock in general. Like if you just if you want. They're they're not going to give you any good intel or information, but if you want an entertaining basketball podcast, they're pretty great. Um, what are your predictions for tonight? Oh, I'm going Raptors. Katie's out. Clay will probably play, but they said it's game time decision. Yeah, Looney's out forever. Looney's out. Looney being out is a big deal. It's it's a big deal. It would be a bigger deal if Cousins hadn't looked like decent. In the last in game two, yeah, but it's still a big deal because big they don't ha- they just don't have a lot of big man depth even with Cousins right being able to play like twenty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That Cousins does he he makes that not quite as bad, but still like uh, I don't know. Like I've just seen this Raptors team be resilient over and over and over again, and I think that they're gonna beat themselves up on all those back doors that they missed. Um, that the Warriors were just getting to the rim easily, um, making easy passes to get them layups. I mean, just go watch the third and fourth quarter. Like there were like how many layups did the Warriors get? It was a lot, and I, I don't think that's going to happen again. And so, I just think uh, there's strength in numbers, is what I think, and the Raptors <laughs> have the numbers. I'm kind of still hoping the Warriors win because. It'll- we could get at least one or two more games of they don't need KD. So that's what I, that's that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, if the Warriors win in five and Kevin doesn't play. Also, the, the, I mean, game two was super impressive. But if they won tonight, that would like anything here on and out is impressive to me from them with how many guys no are either definitely out or obviously injured in some way. Like even if Clay plays like he's risking another injury. Yeah, no, no doubt that that they're that that would be incredibly impressive. And I wouldn't put it past them. Like I I think the Raptors will win tonight, but I mean there's no surprise if the Warriors do, which is nice to have in the finals. It's nice mm. to have. You don't you don't want it to be because of injury, but like if you look forward to like please like like everybody thinks Kevin's going to leave. I have not heard one person say they think he's going to stay. And if Kevin leaves, if he does indeed leave, like we we're going to have NBA finals that are like what's going to happen and you hopefully get like six and seven game series and you're going to have that throughout the playoffs. I mean, it could be a really awesome era for NBA basketball. Um that doesn't have to deal with injuries, you know. You don't have to like hope and pray for injuries for the other team for you to have a chance. And the Raptors have just been the team to luck out, you know, here in the finals. And they've got to take advantage of it because you're not 
if you have a chance to knock off this Warriors team in the finals, no matter who's on the court, I mean, that's a a legendary thing for for Kawhi and for for Nick man Nick Nurse like like that dude is so awesome and his his journey to the NBA has been unbelievable um just crazy and you know props to him I just I hope that they win it I hope they win the finals I hope KD leaves I think that that would just be the best case scenario for everybody that's not a Warriors fan um all right Okay. Well, I have a little something for later. <laughs> okay. So so don't stop recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, John to Dunk. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow Alex at Al Baby Cakes. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Please join us June 20th for the NBA draft party. Make sure to go fill out your mock draft, downtodunk.com. Register your email. If you registered last time, Last year for it, it should still be uh, active. And so if you've already done that, great. You'll just have to sign in. Um, uh, so please do that. Uh, and come hang out with us. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you got some time today. That means a lot to us. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Welcome to the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour. I am your host, Deborah Buckets, a.k.a. Bebra Duckets. This week, we are going back to the never-ending source of content that is NBA Reddit on Reddit Roundup. This week, we are visiting the subreddit of one of my favorite teams in the league. One of only two teams whose subreddits I actually follow on Reddit. Hank, will you stop? I don't know if you guys can hear, but Hank is just sitting over here on my bed just whining. Just complaining what bud will you relax this is what happens when the producer gets a a super big ego and thinks that they need to be on the mic anyways i am of course talking about the sacramento kings one of the most fun teams in the league the kings have ditched their kangs moniker and are now cool are the kings cool now how did that happen so fast all right well let's get into it i've got four stories for you today on reddit roundup Story number one, new nicknames, volume three. The NBA is awash in new nicknames, and you know that Deborah Buckets has got you covered. We've had the hashtag Valley Boys out in Phoenix. We've got the hashtag Avengers in Charlotte. And now in the Cowbell Kingdom, we have, dramatic pause, the Liddy Committee. That's right, the Liddy Committee. L-I-T-T-Y, Litty. The Litty Committee is the nickname that has been given to the Sacramento Kings bench players who have become known by the Sacramento faithful for their ritual of dancing during player introductions before each game. It apparently all started when Ben McLemore was bouncing up and down before a game, Harry Giles joined in, and before you knew it, they had a phenomenon. While the Litty Committee is a solid nickname in and of itself, I'd probably rank it second behind uh, hashtag Valley Boys. It's deserving of its own story on Reddit Roundup. My research into this phenomenon actually led to led me to an even more interesting name-based Kings fact. Listen to this. Last season, Sacramento had four players who are third-generation names. Ben McLemore III, Marvin Bagley III, 
Frank Mason III, and Harry Giles III. Four thirds. Four of them. Never heard of such a thing. That's crazy. All right, story number two, Back to the Future. Okay, in 2017, during All-Star Weekend, the Sacramento Kings jump-started their new young core that we all love today by trading All-Star center DeMarcus Cousins and Omri Caspi to the New Orleans Pelicans for Tyreek Evans, Buddy Heald, Langston Galway, a protected 2017 first-round pick, and a 2017 second-round pick. The first-rounder would turn into the 10th pick, which they traded to the Blazers for the 15th and 20th, one of those which became Harry Giles. The second rounder became Frank Mason. But remember what Kings GM Vladi Divac said in the following days? During his press conference announcing the trade, Vladi admitted that I had a better deal two days ago. Great thing to say out loud after you make a trade. I had a better deal two days ago. And do you remember what that better deal was? Well, let me remind you. On February 23rd, 2017, Rick Buecher tweeted, Source, better deal for Cousins two days earlier that Vlade referenced was from New Orleans. Boogie's reps scared New Orleans, so they switched a 2019 first to a 2017 second. That's right. In the original construction of the deal, New Orleans was willing to part ways with two first-round picks including their 2019 first. 2019 first. Literally. Now, would there have been some protections on that pick? Sure, all right? You nerds. Yeah, there probably would have been protections. But imagine for a second a young core of Fox, Buddy, Bagley, Giles, Bondong, and Zion. Oh, my. That's pretty crazy, right? It's a little crazy. They could have gotten two first-round picks, but apparently what happened was Vlade thought about it too long, and by the time he went back to the Pelicans, they'd taken that pick off the deal because Boogie's reps had scared New Orleans into thinking he wasn't going to stay there long-term. Fast forward a couple years, he didn't stay there long-term because they didn't want him back. All right, story number three, free agency rumors. This week, John Gambadoro, a.k.a. Gambo, co-host of Burns and Gambo, weekdays at 2 p.m. on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports, tweeted out that Sacramento has interest in Nikola Vucevic, the free agent center from Orlando. If they could lure him, they might make Willie Colley-Stein available. And then uh, Sam Amick, who I, I think he's the athletic now, he uh, confirmed that, saying that they were they were definitely interested in Vucevic. And then yesterday, Shams mentioned in his article on The Athletic that the Kings have been prioritizing a center in the free agent marketplace. Now, as an outsider barging his way into the world of King Subred, I will say that this is currently the most interesting and important topic of interest among Kings fans. One, the question of whether should center be a top priority for the Kings and free agency. And two, does Vucevic make sense given his likely contract, his strength and weaknesses, etc.? Now, on the first question, most Kings fans agree that it would be nice to get at least a backup center in free agency. For the second question, however, fans are split. On the one hand, you have Vooch coming off an all-star season. He put up 21-12. and 12. He led the Magic to their first playoff appearance in six seasons. He shot well from three last year. He shot 36%. He averaged 3.8 assists per game. He played big minutes on a top 10 defense in the league. 
In addition, this is likely Sacramento's last summer with big cap space with contracts for Buddy Heald and the Bone Dong coming up next summer. Now, on the other hand, Vooch will likely require the max from Sacramento to pry him away from Orlando. He's a few years older than their young core. He plays a little bit slower than their young core. And he plays a position that you could argue both Bagley and Giles are best suited to play. As good as Vooch was this year, the concern of some Kings fans is that he raises their floor while lowering their ceiling by preventing the full exploration of a Bagley-Giles frontcourt. And don't take their word for it. At this year's Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, Zach Lowe, yes, that's Zach Lowe, specifically mentioned how interesting the Kings are because, quote, with Bagley and Giles, they have a front line possibly with two unicornish guys playing together. So where does Deborah Bucket stand on this debate? I say, let the young guys grow. I know the Kings won 38 games last year. They surprised us all. They're obviously thinking playoffs next year. They just need a little boost. I know that Vooch had an amazing year and was an all-star. He would certainly help their half-court offense. But please don't do this, Kings. There's nothing better than letting a young core develop into the best versions of themselves. Thunder fans know this. It's the greatest. Just let it happen. And that brings us to our final story of the day on Reddit Roundup. Story number four, why can't we be friends? In this modern digital age, it can sometimes be difficult to form the sort of intimate relationships and strong communities that we all yearn for at some level. Our increasingly isolated lives are experienced through the internet and social media, where we tweet the same four jokes at each other in the hopes that this will be the tweet. This will be the reaction gif that gives us some sense that we're not alone in the world, that our inability to disconnect will somehow lead to real, meaningful human connections, even though deep down we know it won't. But amidst this hellscape of dopamine farming, there's still people out there fighting for real human contact, real face-to-face interactions, people, people who are not willing to go quietly into the digital night. People, for instance, like a Redditor who posted on the Kings subreddit this week, quote, seeking any Kings fans in the furry community who want to meet and hang out and do stuff. They go on to say, quote, I've been part of the furry subculture for many years, but never met anyone who was into it in real life. I'd like to change that. If anyone out there in Sacramento region wants to chat, hang out, play games, watch movies, complain about 2002, talk free agency, or whatever with other wonderful Kings fans like yourself, I'd sure love to hear from you. Folks, isn't this what it's all about? Listen, I don't care if you're a stockbroker, a janitor, a teacher, or just a guy who loves Kings basketball and just dropped three grand on a custom-made fursuit. We're all just out here desperately trying to find some semblance of human connection to get rid of that empty feeling that haunts us each night before we fall asleep. So this week, Down to Dunk listeners, I challenge you, I ask, I encourage you to step outside of your comfort zone and start building the type of lifelong relationships that I know you want and that you deserve. Ask someone that you don't know well to hang out with you, have a drink, watch the big game, anything to get yourself face to face with another human being and experience this magic that we call life. Unless, of course, you live in Portland, Oregon, and you're thinking about asking me to hang out, I'm really busy that weekend. I'm sorry. And that brings us to the end of Reddit Roundup, brings us to the end of the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour for this week. 
I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show every Wednesday. The Down to Dunk boys are going to be back on Friday. They're going to be back on Friday. Will Jay be back? The weekly suspense of (laughs) is Jay in Oklahoma or not? You'll have to stay tuned to find out the answer to that. And also, please be listening to the Monday pod. Andrew and Mikey, those poor guys, they've been looking at videotape of all these guys I've never heard of. Just watching hours and hours of these college guys. And then Shams comes out and say, we might just trade away the pick, okay? Go listen to those pods. You're going to learn a lot whether we take a guy or not, okay? And by the way, I really do not know any of these guys. Andrew and Mikey could be making them all up, and I would just nod along. But I have very strong opinions, and it's because they're so smart and they're so good at it. So go listen to the Monday pod, and we will see you next Wednesday. Debbie.